Faith Church podcast. Wow. I don't know if y'all feel, y'all feel something in the house this morning? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's calm down just a little bit. That's funny telling me to calm down. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody is so good this morning. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Thank you for if you're, you're joining us on live stream this morning on online. I know I shouldn't say live stream. I should say online. But um, uh, I want to tell you we had a great time yesterday at the Men's Rise Up. Come on. Did we not have fun? It was so good. I mean, we got to eat and we got to eat and we got to eat. No. We got to play games. We, it was just a great time. And we had our first annual wing war. I don't know what Pastor Johnny did to the judges, but he won. I don't know what he put in the sauce, because there was sauce on their table. Boo. But he won. So Johnny, come out here. Just get some in. He, you don't have to come up on stage, but Pastor Johnny won the wing wars. First time ever. He, he said first time ever making wings, so that's awesome, Johnny. You did a great job this morning. Even though the sauce was rigged, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm kind of getting over it now. But uh, Amos was also speaking to us yesterday, and he told he challenged us to take time out for God. You know, even if it's just five or ten minutes a day, and, and it was really, really good. But we're going to go ahead into, uh, into our next thing. It's called Average Joes. We're in a series right now called Average Joes. And last week, I brought to you a message about Abraham. And I'm just going to kind of recap what, what I told you last week. See, God told Abraham, he said, I want you to leave everything that you know behind. I want you to go to a country, and he said, where am I going, God? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. I mean, we talked about that last week. A lot of us want to have the destination planned before we ever get there, but that's not faith. He says, I want you to go to the unknown. What are you going to do when you get there? I'll tell you when you get there. He says, I'm going to give you children, even though Sarah was, uh, was barren. He said, I'm going to give you children as far as the sand and the stars you could see. God said, I'm going to give you all the land that you can walk out onto. Everything that you're walking onto, you can see. I'm going to give it to you. Abraham is called in the Bible the father of our faith. And in Hebrews, there's a whole uh, chapter called the Hall of Faith. And he is the father of that. But let me tell you something. It was not no e was not no. It wasn't an easy, thank you, English teacher, honey, in the front row. It was an easy route that he had to go through. How many of y'all like taking tests? What is wrong with you guys? I used to hate taking tests. I was not a great take, uh, test. I wasn't a great student all the way around. So, uh, but tests were, <laughs> tests were even worse. But I did not like taking tests. And, and, but sometimes in a test, it's necessary to take a test to move you from one grade level to another grade level. You know, sometimes you have to take a test to get out of the eighth grade and get into high school, right? You don't want to be, an eight, you don't want to be Billy Madison your whole life. You want to be able to, to move on up into the next place. Oh my gosh. To follow through with your faith in a few minutes usually doesn't produce a now moment, but Abraham was working on a now faith. But it does generate, whoa, my iPad just went crazy there. Stop. Let's go to verse four here. Wow, hold on a minute. It jumped all over the place here on me. Technical difficulties in the house this morning. Oh, wow, it went to the, my third point. What did I hit? I got so happy in, in service, I don't know what I hit over there. 
It takes you from one grade level to another. So what Abraham did is he had to step out. In fact, it just, it, it just eliminated half of my message here. So I don't know what we're going to talk about now. Everybody, he, he, t- he takes Isaac on a journey. So basically he tells him to get up. He said, I want you to saddle up your horse or your, your donkey, and I want to take you on a journey into a place where you don't know. Now listen, Abraham's already had to take a bunch of tests. He's already had to do that. So somewhere in the back of his mind saying, God, when is this ever going to end? You know, um, sometimes, you know, when we're in that place, genuine faith, don't worry about any of the points because they're all miscombobulated here, but sometimes you just have to go into the unknown to get to the place where God wants you to be. So many times, I mean, we, we have to have it, again, like I said, we have to have it all mapped out. we got it all figured out. But sometimes God wants to get you on his GPS plan. So many times we punch in our destination, and, and we want to go the direction we want to go. And God said, I want to reroute you. But so many times, what do we do? We hit the button again, and we hit the button again. And God keeps saying, no, I'm not taking you there. I'm not putting you there. I'm not going there. We're going somewhere else. To a place you've not known because a lot of times in the place, these are not even in my notes. Sometimes the places where God wants to take you to is the places he wants to grow you in. You can't grow in the place that you're in. And sometimes he's got to move you out of your comfortable position. He's got to move you out of your comfortable place. He's got to move you into another place in him to get you out of your comfort zone. Look, and if you look in the Bible, there's many, many opportunities where God called people out into a different place where they weren't equipped to do it. And I'm going to talk to you maybe in a few weeks about Gideon. There's a place that God can only take you, and there, when he gets you to that place, he will sustain you in that place. You know, we don't have to know the whole journey. So let me see where I am get up here. God has places along that journey that only you and you, only you can go. The places where he talked to, Abraham comes alongside and he says, okay, we're going to go have the burnt offering. We're going to take you up. He said, I want you to take your son up to the, to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him there. So he saddles up the donkey and he gets everything going and he takes the servants with them. But what he does when he gets to that point is he tells the servants, you got to wait right here while me and the boy go worship up there. There are places in your journey where only you can go. So many times the journey, it's only meant for you. But there are times when God has put the right place. You know why he didn't take the servants with him? It's because he could have got to the place where he started to lift the knife and kill Isaac. And they could have said, whoa, Abraham, what's up with you? What are you doing? There are people that don't understand where you're going. There are people who can't go where you're going because they don't know the destination and the call of faith that God has for you. I'm telling you, sometimes you got to leave possessions behind. Sometimes you got to leave people behind. Sometimes you got to leave a comfortability behind because God has a place where he wants to take you to. But there are times also when God has the right places at the right time. He puts that crew leader in your life. He puts that teacher in your life. He puts that boss in your life. He puts that friend in your life, and he can even use a stranger. He can use people all around you if you're looking for where he's taking you. A little further, he said, you all stay right here, and I'm going to go just a little bit further ahead. Me and the boys are going just, me and the boys going just a little bit further. A little further with God is where God can meet you. We could have gone a little bit further this morning. 
Those of you that went a little bit further this morning, you got what God wanted you to get this morning. If you could feel that, if you could understand that God has a place, and if you'll go just a little bit over your comfort zone, if you'll go just a little bit over the place where you've always been to, that's the place where God can do something big in your life. A little further. Jesus went a little further. Look at Matthew 26, 39. If you can find it for me, Trey, I'm back on track. In the name of Jesus. Matthew 26, 39. And it says, Jesus, and he went a little further, and he bowed his face to the ground praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. But listen, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So many times we fall short of our breakthrough because we don't go a little further. God often does his greatest works, his miracles in the times of difficulties and desperation. That's when he can get your attention. Jesus knew he was about to die, and he asked God, can you do it any other way? Is there any other way we can do this besides me being hung on a cross? You know, I wonder if Jesus, here, we're gonna, in the men's group, we're going to do the Chosen series. Y'all watched it? You need to. It's awesome. It shows Jesus as being about as human as I think I've ever seen a TV show show him. But it showed that he was human. And I know that he was with Abraham when, when they went in, up to that mountain. He was probably thinking the same thing. Is there any other way, God, will you produce another sacrifice? He was thinking there has to be a scapegoat. There, maybe there's a ram stuck in the thicket for me too. But let me just tell you something about Jesus. There was no other sacrifice. There was nothing else that would ever do. He said yes to God and he said, not my will but your will be done. He says, me and the boy, we're not just going up to sacrifice. He said, we're going to go worship up there. He considered this test worship. Can I just be honest with you? Worship is not just what you do on Sunday. Worship is not your favorite song. I can't worship if they don't sing that song. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You come in, I hope they sing this one and this one. That's not worship. Worship can't just be a good feeling, too. It can't just be a goosebump feeling. It has to be something done in love and adoration towards someone. Real worship is always connected to sacrifice. It says, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Not what I want, not the song I want, not the preaching I want. want. Your will, God, your will. I'm going to praise you even if I don't feel like it. We have to praise when we don't feel like it sometimes, don't we? we got to praise our way through to get the breakthrough that we need sometimes. Sometimes you can't. You walk in here one way, and if you'll get your heart and your mind and your eyes aligned to what God was, you can walk out a different way because praise changes things. Woo! Worship should be done every day. And what does worship look like? If you're taking notes, here it is. It's how you talk to people. It's how you interact with people. It's how your actions show that you are worshiping God. And you must show that you adore him by the things that you do each and every day. Not just on Sunday, not just the song you sing, but everything that you do. I like what he said. Uh, Abraham spoke with calm assurance. He says, y'all stay right here. Me and the boys coming back. He already knew that God said, I want you to take him up on that mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. But he told the servants, he said, y'all stay right here, because me and the boy are coming back. He spoke this with full assurance, knowing that 
God was going to take care of it. He had assurance that God was going to be faithful to him. You know why? Because God had been faithful to him. He had shown him the stars. He had shown him everything. He had shown him the land. He had shown him all these things. He said, if God can do it once, he can do it again. I got something for you to tell me. If he did it once, he'll do it again. (laughs) Genuine faith, let's go and sacrifice. And you know, back then, sacrifices, you had to bring a lamb or you had to bring something to the altar for uh, an individual so you could get forgiveness of sin. And blood had to be shed. But that animal served as a substitute. That means that animal died in the place of the sinner. But it was only temporary. That's why they had to keep going back. And there were so many different sacrifices. Let's look at verse 6. So Abraham placed the wood, listen to this, placed the wood for burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. While he himself carried the fire and the knife, as the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood. And the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? I like verse 8. He says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered and said, they both walked together. Here's what had to happen. He had to have faith for Isaac. He had his own faith, but he had to have faith for Isaac because you know why? Isaac, they said he was a teenager in one place. and another place, they said he may have been 30 years old. But they had made this trip together, but all of a sudden, something was different. He looked down and said, hey, Dad, uh, we've done this before, but we usually have a sheep. We usually have a goat. We have something to take with us. What are we doing? And Abraham had had the faith for Isaac to say, God, the Lord will provide. He took his son and he laid, he built an altar and he laid Isaac upon there on this altar. Don't you know that Isaac was probably going, what the heck is going on here? I mean, think about it. In the real life there, he's binding him and he's thinking, he's like, dad, dude, what's up? You know, I mean, I mean, where's the, you're going to sacrifice me? Because he did not have all of the information that Abraham had. That's why his faith, sometimes you got to have faith for someone else when their faith is weak. Sometimes you've got to be able to be that, that in-between person for someone when they're not in the place where you're at. So you had to have that faith for him because he was buying, he was freaking out. He said, Father, what are you doing? You can tell how much you love something by what you're willing to sacrifice for it. Can I just be honest with you? God's not looking for you to sacrifice your children, but he may ask you to give up something you love. That's almost a guarantee. It might be a job. It might be a family member. It might be a possession. It could be control. It could be a lot of things in your life. Let's go to verse 10. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Abraham still trusted God. All Think about this. All the way to the time he's got that knife getting ready to He was still trusting God. You know why? Hebrews eleven seventeen says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the one that your descendants will be counted. Abraham responded that if Isaac died, listen to this faith, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in that sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. He says, even if I kill him, God's going to bring you back to life. You know why? Because he promised me that he was going to be the descendant. He promised me that everything was going to hinge on Isaac. 
People don't, people don't die. People die. Promises don't. Don't give up on your promise. Don't give up on your dream. God will resurrect that dream even though you think it's dead. So many people have given up on what God has, has said to them because they didn't see it come to fruition. But Abraham had to hold on to the promise. Don't let go of your promise or give up. Verse 11 said that at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, he had to say his name twice because he was about to do something bad. Yes, Abraham, he said, here am I. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not even withheld your only son. Then Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught in the horns by a thicket, and so he took the knife, so he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of this. God says, Don't you want God to say that about you? For I know. I know now. I know I can trust him. I know I can trust her. I know I can because she didn't withhold or they didn't withhold anything from me. God then knew that he could give Abraham the sand. He could give him the stars. He could give him all the promises because he knew that he could trust him with it. Oh, you know why? God knew that he wasn't worshiping them anymore. When God sees you're not worshiping, nothing wrong with having possessions. When God sees you're not worshiping them, he'll give you more possessions. When God sees you're not worshiping your kids, I don't know if you want any more kids, but he, he may give, maybe, maybe speaking a blessing or something. But, I mean, anything, this wasn't supposed to be that funny, anything that you will give God and he knows he won't, you won't withhold it from him, he's going to give you more back. And, and, and that's what he knew now. He knew that Abraham had his full, that God had all of Abraham's heart. Once he knew that, he revealed the ram. He was, been, he was able to give him the sacrifice that he needed. God wants to see if you're going to lay any, every, any and everything on the altar. What is your Isaac this morning? What's he been asking you to lay on the altar? I'm going to say it again. What is your Isaac this morning? Is it your family? Is it your possessions? Is it your ambitions? Is it your dreams? Let me just tell you something. God doesn't want to take everything from you. He just wants to see if you're willing to give it to him. People think, well, God wants to just take this and take it. No, no, no. He told the rich young ruler that came to him, he said, go and sell everything that you had. I don't think he fully intended on taking everything that he had. But he wanted to see where his heart was. The, boy, the guy walked away sad and sorrowful because his, his possessions had him. God doesn't want to take your dreams. God wants to enhance your dreams. He wants to make you better than you are. He wants to give you the sand and the stars. But he wants to make sure that you're not going to worship them. Actually, you guys can get ready to come up. I, I'm, we're all over the place. Provision. You know why he, want, he doesn't want that? Because provision is waiting for you in that place. He cannot provide for you in the place that he needs to provide for you until you're willing to give it all to him and say, okay, there it is, God. Take my little, make much of it. Take my a lot and help someone else to get some a lot. You know, sometimes he doesn't just bless us to be a bless. He blesses us to be a blessing. He doesn't just give you, if, you're, if you have a lot of money, I'm telling you what, it's good to give stuff away sometimes. I, I'm bad about giving stuff away. It's, it's awful, so I need to stop. And not in that way. So. But here, Mount Moriah was this. It says, God will provide. That's the name of that mountain. How has God provided for you in your life? 
Is your loved ones well? Is your protection blessings? Well, sometimes blessings are seen and unseen. There are things that God's blessing with you that you can see, and there's things out there that you don't even know that he's blessed you from. There's things that he's protected you from that you'll never, ever know that you were protected from. Do you have enough opportunities? But listen, the biggest thing he provided for us was Jesus. The biggest thing that he did for us was Jesus and his sacrifice. This story helps us understand that how hard, how hard was it to give up your only son? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His only son, the best thing that he had. How hard is that story to comprehend now? Remember, there is nothing. He had to be the substitute, and there was nothing else that, could, that would do to be the substitute. Abraham had the ram. There was nothing for Jesus, but he went and he did it anyway for us. Sacrifice of death to one thing means life in another thing. What makes this gospel such good news is that God solved the problem of death. Everyone in here is going to see a physical death. Unless Jesus comes in the next whatever. But you're going to see a physical death. But if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior in your life, you're never going to die. Your soul will live forever. So it doesn't matter what happens in the flesh. And, and you know what? God could have demanded death because we all deserve death. De sin brought death upon the earth right now. You know, people say, why do, why do things happen? Well, let me tell you, we live in a sinful, polluted, uh, uh, contaminated world right now. That's why we see so much problems. But when Jesus came as the sacrifice, he took care of all of that stuff. He offered his only son for a sacrifice and a substitution for us. And because we have that substitution, it allowed us to have new life. If y'all would stand with me, please. Just go with me here for a minute. Let's take a story. Let's look at this story as a journey. The father grabbed the son and says, we're going up the mountain. And we're going to worship there. He grabbed the son and says, I've got to have a sacrifice, so we're going together. Jesus walked up that mountain. It's in the same mountain ranges as where Calvary was. The parallels in this story are, are crazy. He said, lay, <laughs> lay the wood on Isaac's shoulders. Let him carry the wood. Jesus carried the wood for you. He carried the cross for you. He was beaten and bruised for you. He was led, the Bible says, just like Isaac, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And he did that just for you. There had to be a sacrifice. It was Abraham's only son. And it was God's only son, the perfect but what I loved about this is that ram was tangled up in what? Thorns. What did they put in Jesus' head? Crown of thorns. He produced something. He entangled that sacrifice just like Jesus had to wear that crown of thorns just for us. 
It was the substitute for Isaac, just like Jesus was a substitute for you. You know, you're here because Jesus died for you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus wants you. God gave his only son just to be with you. Maybe you're feeling lonely this morning. Maybe you're feeling rejected. Maybe you're feeling down. Maybe you're feeling unfriendly or unloved. I'm going to tell you something. You can leave here with this if you don't remember anything else. Jesus died just for you. If he didn't, he would have done it if it was only just for you. Because he loves you that much. This morning, I'm going to ask you, if you've never made that commitment, he sacrificed everything for a maybe. He went to the cross and died for you just so maybe you may give your heart over to him. Just so maybe you might give your life over to him. Isn't that amazing? He did it anyway. And he never got a guarantee for that. He so desperately wants your yes that he took a chance on a maybe. If that's you and you want to take a chance on God this morning, there's a connect card in the seat back and forth. You want to fill that out and take it out to our welcome bar, our next steps bar. But I'm going to ask you to take a real step. Maybe you've never made that step to ask Jesus Christ. And maybe you've never understood the power of the cross and of his sacrifice and his blood that was shed for you. Maybe you've never, uh, uh, never experienced that. Once you experience that, nobody will ever take it away from you. It's like an experience with God. Once you know, once you taste and see that God is good, ain't nobody can talk you out of it. So this morning, if that's you, you want to make your way up here. The prayer team is going to be on the left and on the right up here. They'll pray with you. They'll intercede with you. I'll be down here front. Pastor Minnie will be down here. We'll pray with you. If you're watching online, you can give us, if you're watching online, just click the link below. And we'll do the same thing for you. We want you to get the next steps in what God has for you. You may have been following Jesus for a long time now. But listen to me, there's an Isaac in your life. When I said that, there was something that popped up into your head, and you think, man, I'm holding on to this Isaac. I need to let this thing go. What is your Isaac today, and do you need to put it on the altar? There's a significance to this wood up here. There's a significance to what God wants to do around this altar. Sometimes, yes, you can, and, and feel free. If you don't feel comfortable and you're in the back, that's fine, or wherever you're at. But there's a significance to come up and laying something on the altar. It may not be a physical thing, but sometimes kneeling before an altar and say, God, here I am. I'm down on bended knees. I'm down here right now. Just I want to speak to you. Sometimes that's a life-changing moment. Sometimes we just need to come and we just need to surrender our lives to him. So as they get ready to sing this song, let's not let it just be another song that we sing at the end of service. Let's be, let it be a time of offering what you need to offer to God. Let it be a time of surrender with your hands lifted and your knees bowed to say, God, whatever it is I need to give to you, I'm giving it to you this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. 
We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.